You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked On Getting Your Butt Kicked. I'm Eric Name. Frank, Frank Madden joining me as always. I can't even get through the start of this podcast. And you know what? I think that's reflective of what we saw tonight. The Bucks get killed. Um, the finals up being 109.96 because of a good effort from uh, the bench unit in the fourth quarter. They win the fourth quarter 31-21. Uh, but this one was over after the first quarter. The Bucks lose in the first quarter 37-16. to Awful performances from everyone in the first quarter. I think they have nine first quarter turnovers. Uh, Giannis was getting picked off on elbow entries. Bledsoe was getting picked off as he tried to go to the basket on passes. Middleton was throwing stuff all over the place. Uh, Daly threw one out of bounds. Uh, Just about anybody. It, It doesn't really matter who you pick on the roster. Just about everyone can be held accountable for this one because it was all trash. Um, maybe John Henson wasn't. Um, no, he was. Uh, I was going to say, his stat line isn't bad, but for some reason he forgot that he's the biggest player on the floor and should be covering Miles Turner one time down the floor and just let him have a layup. So, um, yeah, I will go anyone that played in the first three quarters, total trash. Anyone that played in the fourth quarter, good job. Would it be professionals and actually show up and try to get the game uh, back to a respectable spot? You guys all did well. Sterling Brown, a plus 10, 11 points in 12 minutes, an assist and a st- two steals for him. Sean Kilpatrick, seven points, two rebounds, a plus, uh, plus 12 in eight minutes. Um, yeah, those are the only two pluses of the night, and those are the only two people I would say had a positive impact on this game. Frank, what do you got? Yeah, this. <clears throat> This felt kind of like a uh, Skylesian uh, fourth quarter, you know. Like I felt like back in the day, like Skiles teams never got blown out because he could always get his bench guys to kind of reel it in at the end. And I feel like that hasn't really been a staple of the Bucks in quite some time. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, is, is there a worse is there a worse performance by the Bucks this year? I mean, the scoreline obviously was um, ended up being way more respectable than the game actually was, but. Um, I'm I'm trying to think off the top of my head if there was like a worse, more impotent uh, performance by the Bucks. Uh, Oklahoma they, City, maybe that one at yeah, home was pretty bad. Uh, yeah, Dallas at Dallas, yeah. that one was awful. Yeah. Um, the fact that going through scores, I just named two, doesn't reflect well on this Bucks team. Like the fact that no. I can think of two other games that were is awful as the garbage fire they had tonight not a great sign yeah they at halftime the bucks were giving up 133 points per 100 possessions i mean this is a team that granted victor oladipo was hurt but a week ago or less than a week ago they they blew out handily in milwaukee and um you know i I guess just 
I, I don't know. I mean, don't trust the Bucks. <laughs> same, same as ever. Um, and you know, Giannis wasn't involved early. Couldn't really find much to get to work. I think he had about one point in the first quarter. Uh, didn't have a field goal in the first half, if I remember correctly. It was like five out of eight. The free throw line is. Um, streak of 20 plus point performances ends at I think 28 he finishes with 17 points on three out of eight shooting 11 of 14 from the line seven boards three assists two steals a block four turnovers uh, the Bucks 17 turnovers and I mean just just no cohesion I mean and it's I mean we, we talked about after the Wizards game I mean they they really didn't look very cohesive against the Wizards either nope. for very long stretches of that game. And, you know, we're lucky that the Wizards came in, got in even later the night before than, than they did. And, you know, like I said, 133 points per 100 at halftime. It goes down to 114 by the end of this game. But, um, you know, that we mentioned the, the defensive effort against the Raptors was one of the, was, you know, one of the worst in franchise history, the worst in the Jason Kidd era. And um, it, it, they were on track for another performance in that ballpark in the first half when i mean just nothing they had nothing um it just lazy offense begetting lazy defense and um you know i mean it's just it's just not surprising i mean this is these kinds of efforts and just sort of amateur hour type stuff against the pacers team that we keep saying i mean the pacers like you got to be better than the pacers i mean mm-hmm. you know like this is why fire kid is such a big thing because it's just like do you trust the bucks to go out and beat a team like the pacers who clearly aren't more talented than the bucks but you know you beat them handily uh, a few days ago and you just show up and you got you bring nothing right and um obviously again you can there, there's nobody really absolved from this game other than those young you know, guys who came in at the end but um you know it's going to be presumably the same and hashtag energy and effort excuse from jason kidd uh, young team uh, learning how to win blah 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 but you know just the same story and this is um you know nights like these i think you just can't forget nights like these this is the uh the gravitational effect of or what what did you call it the, what did we call it you you the, the, gravitational, the gravitational pull of mediocrity. mediocrity yeah um this just kind of ringing home again for the bucks and i think they are dropped to i believe seventh in the east now um Indiana's right behind them. Yeah, in eighth. Bucks a half game up on the Pacers in eighth. Uh, the Sixers are ninth. They're just one and a half back. So the Bucks are one and a half games from being out of the playoffs, actually. And the Sixers do have a better point differential than them as well. Um, so, you know, again, uh, we, we just, I mean... Yeah. Again, they, they haven't laid uh, consistently an egg like this all season. This is bad even by Buck standards. But, um, uh, yeah, not much to take from it other than, you know, the only positive really, as you said, I mean, was Sterling Brown going four for four, hitting three threes, 11 points, um, kind of reminding us. I, by the way, do you, do you think the Bucks' terrible defensive effort, could that have been just because the emotional letdown of, of losing DeAndre Lee? It might have been. Yeah, that might have been it. Probably. Yeah, I would assume. He's... he's... <laughs> oh. It, it's it's so funny though. It's like you see Sterling Brown again. Like you know, it's garbage time, whatever. But you know, you see like Kilpatrick hit some shots, and you see uh, Brown hit some shots. It just like look like actual NBA players, and it's just kind of like, really, DeAndre Liggins was playing over these guys. Like, I mean, ugh. anyway. And really, I if prompt- you, if you want yeah. if you want fouls, like Sterling Brown got four in twelve minutes. <laughs> 
He can take fouls. Like, we know Sterling Brown can take fouls. We saw it in Houston. Too. He can do that. Like he he'll talk junk to anybody. Like he's he didn't get Chris Paul teed up that night, but he talked junk to him. He got Lance Stevenson teed up tonight. Like he, if you want an MFer, like and that's something that you're about. Sterling Brown can be that guy. Uh, so. We'll see if either of those two guys get minutes in, in the next couple games. Uh, I guess I doubt it. Um, <laughs> we'll see because I, I certainly I, we're at a point where I don't know what more they can do. Um, they come in with in garbage time and look good during that. The stretches that you give them during real game time, they look good during that. So not really sure what either of those two guys can do to actually become a part of the rotation. So uh, we'll see there. Um, and by the way, I should say as well, I mean, as, as someone who has obviously long been a fan of, of Jet, I mean, Jet shouldn't be playing ahead of those guys at this point. No. Like, there's not really... I mean, Jet hasn't played well this year. He was good last year, surprisingly. Um, but I, I think at this point, you know... It's over. I just, I just don't think Jet has it. I mean, you've got young guys. I mean, Kilpatrick is not young per se, but... Um, he's a guy who's uh, at least you want to see what he can do, figure out, is he a guy you want to bring back next year? Um, and I mean, look, Xavier Munford's going to be at some point, presumably with this team. Um, now that he's on a two way, I mean, you got to find ways to, to figure out if these guys can play. And again, I don't know, maybe Jason Kidges doesn't care because, you know, again, it's like not his problem to figure out the like end of the bench and he's just pissed off about his guys not getting contracts or something, you know, whatever, yeah. like whatever the thing is, is, you know, he was the GP two and Deandre Liggins guy and the bucks took them away from him. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to be very curious what happens with, uh, with Xavier Munford. Um, because, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking back to like the Terrence Jones, uh, experience <laughs> last year, which obviously was, was a very different situation and you know, whatever. But, um, but that, that was not a good look for the organization. You're signing Terrence Jones and then, Jason Kidd apparently not being uh, down with that, not being interested, and in just not playing the guy. And again, like you know, it's I, I know it's not like Terrence Jones like should have played a bunch of minutes or something for the Bucks last year, but it's just sort of probably indicative that you know the organization signs him, probably tells him that you know I think the, there was the indication was that he was told he was going to actually play some, and then zero interest from actually giving him minutes. So. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think I've had enough with this game. What about you? Yeah, I was just going to say, um, to kind of wrap it up, Jason Kidd should be embarrassed. Giannis Dedekumbo should be embarrassed. Chris Middleton should be embarrassed. Eric Bledsoe should be embarrassed. Um, let's see. Matthew Delvadova should be embarrassed. I don't know what the hell he was thinking, trying to throw a uh, two-hand over-the-head alley-oop uh, to Thon Maker. <laughs> Thon Maker. <laughs> might be the most <laughs> incomprehensible. I, I legitimately laughed for... I would I would have had to get a timer out, but probably 30 seconds. 30 seconds. That's pretty cathartic. 30 seconds left. Like, that was in the third quarter, right? Or something. It was pretty late. In the yeah. Game, and after the plot was on. Yeah. And then I rewinded on, on the DVR and watched it a couple more times because, good God, that, that was terrible. But on a more serious note, like those three, like if you want to be the big three, if you want to be whatever we're going to call you, uh, and to the same thing, like, and if Giannis is supposed to be elevated above those two, this, this shit doesn't happen. Like that 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 doesn't happen. And again, you can blame it on kid, and I'm fine with that. Like kid bears uh, plenty of responsibility. But 
he didn't throw any of those garbage passes to start the game. He didn't give the awful effort in the first six minutes of the game. Like he didn't do any of those things. And again, you can say coaches should get guys to play, and I would agree with you. They should. But that is on you being NBA players, and that is you. That's on you. Um, so everyone should be embarrassed. Uh, that that just should not happen. There should not be a game where Giannis doesn't get a bucket in the first half. Like even if they are making it hard on him, walling everything up, like that just shouldn't happen. Uh, so everyone should be embarrassed. Um, but most notably, the people that are getting the most credit for wins, they should also take the credit for an embarrassing performance like this. Uh, so that that would kind of be my final statement. Are, are you cool with that? I'm cool with that. I mean, Jason Kidd, all you're going to have to look at is the fact that this team is the worst it's ever been defensively under him. We're in year, are we year four at this point? Yep. Time flies when you're getting coached by Jason Kidd, apparently. Um <laughs> But, but yeah, I mean, you don't even need, like, a single game. I mean, whatever. Like, you don't fire a coach because of a single game. I mean, again, it's it's about Jason Kidd's aggregate, yeah. you know, record and his aggregate resume at this point. And, you know, the Bucks just – I mean, the offense normally is not the problem with this team. We talk about it a lot. Um, tonight they were terrible, and the defense was terrible, but that's nothing new, unfortunately. And, um, again, this team's never going to live up to its potential defending like this. And, you know, it's it's going to just make us tear our hair out when they have these types of offensive performances on top of that, right? Because the defense just doesn't give them much margin for error. And they're playing a team tonight in Indiana that is very similar in terms of being, you know, much better offensively than defensively. So, um, anyway, um, I'm, I'm done with this game. We, we joked about it. <laughs> on, you joked about it on Twitter. Um, we, we often talk, not on the podcast, about, like, you know, our favorite movies, media. We do it quite music, often. Things like that. We don't quite that. We never talk about it on the podcast because we figure whatever. We're just gonna, you know, it's locked on Bucks. We'll we'll talk about Bucks. If you don't want to hear us have any say anything about things that are not basketball related, we love you guys. We 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 understand. That's why we normally don't do it. But considering, I mean, we we normally podcast for way too long, and tonight we don't want to talk about the basketball game. So <laughs> you can turn off the podcast now if you don't want to hear random opinions about uh probably a primarily star wars right yeah i think so everybody wants to talk about that so i guess you want to do like a a a, um intermediate sign off for the night in case people want to turn off now absolutely uh this (laughs) is this has been lockdown bucks we will get ready to talk about the bucks again once we are not quite as frustrated with them we will uh be ready to break down some stuff i I know uh, i saw some people ask me on twitter about tony snell and kind of what his deal has been since returning from injury he has not been shooting the three very well obviously he's gone in and out of the lineup maybe we'll talk a little bit about that um and maybe we'll talk about some of the crazy numbers with Giannis, uh and we'll we'll kind of figure all that out so we'll do all of that on our next episode of lockdown bucks thank you for hanging out with us we'll talk to you about all of that tomorrow but for now spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert we're actually going to talk about things um we will let's start with uh the last jedi so uh this is always a hot topic people are always angry i think (laughs) about star wars in general there's a lot of passionate did jason kidd direct the last jedi is that that there are always you know what honestly star wars fandom to bucks fandom not the worst comparison 
because uh, you think about a, a lot of success early in the franchise. Uh, you have a championship, you, you have some really good years in the 70s and 80s, uh, and then things don't go as well. And I think maybe you would say uh, the same thing for uh, the Star Wars franchise. Started started off very strong and then maybe lost its way a little bit in the 90s and 2000s. Um, and now some people would say a bit of a resurgence late uh other people would say no they're not any good they're still bad uh and nothing has changed so uh let's see where you at on uh, star wars the last jedi i enjoyed it i was pro star wars the last jedi and i i will say this for context so um i would say i'm a big star wars fan i wouldn't say i'm a big star wars fan if that makes sense okay. um like i um i obviously i mean i've seen obviously i've seen all the films um, I will say this. Um, I also read uh, the books, like the Star Wars Expanded Universe um, trilogy that that now is no longer canon, but was I forget when it was written, but I read it in high school, so this would have been like late '90s, I guess. Okay. Um, it's like the, mo- the the books that are supposed to take place after Return of the Jedi. So, I mean, I, I'm into Star Wars, yeah. you know? Like, I, I enjoyed those. I always, you know, hoped they would make those into films, which, you know, they kind of um, now have, you know, uh, uh, undone basically everything that happens in those in those books with uh, with the new movies. But, um, but, yeah, so, I mean, just for context, like, I, I like Star Wars a lot. I don't think I'm a hardcore Star Wars fan because... I don't know, and, and and that seems to be when I've been talking to people online um, about it, or, or when I've talked to people who are sort of like self-professed, like huge Star Wars nerds. Like those seem to be the people that are the most critical of the movie. But I will, I'll start off by saying just sort of what I like most about it, and then we, you know, you can give me your opinion. We can maybe talk about the things that that aren't perfect. So whatever, it's not a perfect movie by yeah. any stretch, right? Um, but I think for me, like I'm a, I'm in general when I think about films, I I mostly enjoy um, I, I'm, I'm really about like characters and kind of like moments and you know just sort of like the emotions and, and things that, 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 that those two things kind of bring about when you watch movies and I thought um, like I enjoyed The Force Awakens a lot I don't know which one of these two movies I like more um, I enjoyed both of them um, I thought you know Force Awakens I enjoyed like you know the bringing back the old characters and obviously lots of parallels between the two uh you know a lot of people talk about the parallels between the force awakens and a new hope and and all that stuff and and i enjoy that you know i mean it it was nice to see you know the old characters that that you love so much and i think the main thing that my biggest complaint about the prequels was like it was just like you know royalty talking and you know transatlantic accents and like oh uh, you know, terrible dialogue, but and there was no, uh, there's no, you know what, there was none of Eric. There was no swashbuckling. There was no. <laughs> You're a big fun. swashbuckling guy. I'm big on swashbuckling. There was zero swashbuckling in the prequels. The Revenge of the Sith was, I thought, was pretty good, but um, but yeah, there was no swashbuckling. And then they brought back just sort of a sense of fun, I think, with these last couple movies. And I mean, I think there are probably maybe a couple scenes in the newest one that maybe even took sort of like the comedy element almost too far. But, um, but for me, it's, it is sort of that combination of, of it was fun um, and the characters. And I thought in For- force awakens, I, I mean, I thought um, obviously seeing the old characters was great, but, but Ray and, and Finn, I liked a lot. I really liked the dynamic between them and Kylo Ren was, was very interesting, but I thought in this new film, 
Finn for me kind of becomes less interesting. Like his whole narrative arc was kind of like you know secondary from a plot perspective. Yes. Like he know, wasn't he that wasn't involved, really yes. he wasn't really that involved. Like I was I'm I would have been pro Finn dying at the end. I think that would have made sense for the movie for him to die when he's flying yeah. into the freaking whatever huge cannon thing. Um, but I thought Ray Ray continued to be such a strong character, and then Kylo and that dynamic. Um, that for me just really carried the film and I just thought that was really compelling and seeing that like push and pull between the two of them and you know trying to convince the other to to join them and uh, you know really kind of highlighting that climactic um, you know throne room scene where where they kill Snoke so I I thought that really carried the film for me and and obviously it was long but I don't know I mean I enjoy Star Wars you know and and you know Luke Skywalker bittersweet obviously for a lot of reasons you know, we don't get to see him doing awesome Jedi crap for the most part. But I thought it was a great performance from him. I mean, I liked Mark Hamill a lot. And so, again, I know some people have felt like, you know, and, and I think Mark Hamill himself has suggested he wasn't true to the character or whatever. But um, but I still enjoyed it. And I thought, you know, just generally, like, there there were no, there, like, there was no, uh, you know, Anakin and Padme horrible dialogue Oof. just dragging this movie into the abyss like in so much of the prequels so so yeah for me characters moments um i thought i thought i just really enjoyed it a lot i've only seen it once but I, i'd like to see it again in the theaters before it, it uh it goes off so um so yeah that is my my extended take on on the last jedi what do you think uh so for me i'm not as big of a star wars fan i've seen them all um i've never done any extended reading i have never uh Spent a lot of time on message boards, thinking about all the different ways it'll go. Um, it's pretty much, okay, I enjoy all the movies, and when a new one comes out, I will uh, kind of refresh myself on everything that I was thinking about the last time the, the last movie was out, and then kind of go see it. And I enjoyed myself. I, I think there there was a lot of fun stuff in there. Um, as, as you mentioned it, Really, I don't know if you need any of Finn anymore. Like, the movie's not about him. Like, he he exists. And, like, I understand that uh, there's always kind of been complimentary characters. But, like, he he doesn't... Like, his entire storyline in the movie, like, isn't necessarily needed. Not that, like I said, like, I I enjoyed him in The Force Awakens. Like, uh, he was good there and he was necessary there. um, Because you needed someone else to kind of help carry some of the story. Uh, But... Right now, like I, I don't, I didn't find much of what he did super interesting this go around. And like you said, like maybe him uh, dying as like a hero in that last, like kind of in that last portion, might have been a, a proper ending. Even if that one of won their little battle at the time, um, like th- maybe that that would have been a good way to write him out. But yeah, I, I didn't find him super interesting. But I think Ray and Kylo Ren are very interesting characters. Um, I am enjoying watching both of them kind of figure out who they are as people. Uh, the, the fight scene with them together is badass. Uh, yeah. like undeniably really good action, uh, which I, I think as I think back on the movie sticks out to me like that, that scene is just awesome. <laughs> like those two just going at it and like tag team and stuff. And like, it's just like classic, action movie fodder and i'm all about it so i thought that was really interesting um maybe 
as I think about Kylo, I read this article about how he's like the most, he's like almost too real for their like universe in that so often there's undeniably good and undeniably evil. And the fact that like Kylo hasn't been that like kind of, kind of disrupts exactly what the universe is supposed to have as he's trying to figure out like, should I be good? Should I be evil? And I'm kind of moody sometimes. And like, I think it's a very realistic character, but I don't know that star Wars is necessarily the most realistic place. If that makes sense, like the universe as a whole, um, maybe is a little bit more extreme on good and bad and not as much gray. Well, I think both of their characters, both Kylo and Rey can be a bit gray at times, which to me makes them interesting. Like I, I enjoy them trying to figure out exactly who they are, but I could see where maybe that would turn others off. Um, what are some other thoughts you have on, uh, on all of that or maybe a reaction to what I just said? Yeah. I mean, well, if my, as you were saying that, my first reaction was, well, so much of the plot, especially of the original films, was premised on the idea of, of you know, either light or dark yeah. characters trying to turn uh, characters from the other side. You know, basically the, the you know, Luke versus Vader sort of dynamic. Um, and, and ultimately, that was probably like, you know, I think like if you look, go back and look at at those three films collectively in, in many ways that I think is, is one of the really critical plot elements that, that makes those characters interesting. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if, you know, uh, Vader was not Anakin and there was never that dynamic, the father in the, you know, redemption in the final film, I don't know how, I feel like that takes away a ton from, from the, the whole dynamic of the film, those films. So, um, so I, I think it actually, I mean, I think it's central. I mean, I think the fact that we, you know, like in the first film, like you don't exactly know what Kylo Ren is going to do with, with Han Solo other than like, I, I assumed it was more likely that he was going to kill him because I just felt like Harrison Ford probably wanted to be done with star Wars movies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, and in the first movie, like turning the main bad guy, um, in the first movie back to the good side probably wouldn't have made a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> So I mean, but but I think it's interesting, and I think I think one of the really interesting, um, I, I think this is something that has that a lot of people, a lot of people who haven't, who have been critical of the movie, have criticized um, about the film. Um, you know, it's it's this idea of of that that really what Kylo sort of stands for, and what he tries to convince. Uh, Ray of which is this idea of of killing the past right and making this break with the past and you know I think there's been a fair amount of uh, commentary about Ryan Johnson as the director like <laughs> you know trying to make a break from Star Wars uh, the, the the kind of old Star Wars and trying to create a new Star Wars and you know killing off sort of the Skywalker legacy and and creating this idea of you know well Ray is isn't a Skywalker she isn't from you know some some you know thing that we've known in the past and so she, it really is this idea that anyone can become you know a Jedi and all this other stuff and that and that's a break from the past and you know Kylo then literally wanting to kill basically everything everything that is associated with his past whether it's his parents or Snoke or Luke um, and I don't know I mean I think. I think that creates an interesting dynamic for, for Kylo Ren as a character because his 
his like hatred and anger is not like solely directed at like the good or bad, yeah. right? I mean, he 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 ultimately kills Snoke. Who I'd be curious what your take on that was. Like, I I found Snoke in the first movie. I don't know. Like, I was just kind of like, really? Like, it's gonna be just like this CGI villain who we don't know anything about, like, and don't have any connection with. Like, I I didn't find that really that interesting. Like, if Snoke was gonna be the ultimate like real bad guy, mm-hmm. so I was I was not at all sad to see him killed off, just because I think it kind of gets more to the point of the characters I I do find interesting. Um, but but I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting debate. I, I don't know if I find it as I feel some people for both good or bad have tried to make it out to this idea of oh Ryan Johnson is creating a new Star Wars and that's so bold and all this. And it's like well I don't know. I mean yes and no. I mean he's having old characters, you know, who in some cases like you know Carrie Fisher actually is dead now. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be interested to see what they do with her character. But it's like you know I don't think killing off you know luke and han is is some you know f you to the star wars universe so much as just you can't rely on you know 60 some year old actors to carry uh you know a disney mega blockbuster franchise <laughs> into the next decade so um so i don't know i mean i i i don't think there was some i, I don't give this i don't give ryan johnson credit for some like incredible grandmaster plan but i also like really think it was a, a good film and i guess i view it as like a film i really enjoyed rather than like viewing it so much as a star wars movie but it also had a lot of the things that i really like about star wars movies right and um and, and we didn't we didn't talk at all about rogue one but i i, I like rogue one but I, I don't know maybe because i mean other than the vader scene at the end of it it just felt like a very, I don't know, it just felt very divorced from the franchise. And yeah. obviously it's a spinoff, so that, that makes sense. But I, I don't know, like I, I didn't really have the same sort of, you know, as much as I'm not like the biggest Star Wars fan anymore, I didn't feel like I had that like super emotional connection to Rogue One that I did with even The Force Awakens and, and The Last Jedi. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, do you where, where would you rank those, those three last films? Because I think for me... I don't know if I'd put Force Awakens or, or Last Jedi first, but I'd actually put Rogue One probably last, which I think a lot of people would feel differently. I think a lot of people would put Rogue One and say that's the best of the three new films. And I don't know, for me, I, I just don't feel that way. Hmm. I don't know if I've thought about it that critically, which of those three that that I like the most. Um, I, do, I did enjoy Rogue One, but I think you're right in saying that I don't... Well, I guess what makes it all difficult is it, what you're talking about there, where you said that you don't necessarily see these last two as like Star Wars films. Like they are Star Wars films, but they're more just films that you can enjoy and films that like good films that you liked and were interesting and uh, did some different things. And I guess I, I was just try to conceptualize exactly where I fit these three in because uh, it's not that there's a a brand new Star Wars or anything like that but I I just feel like I find myself enjoying those movies and some of the aspects of those movies without the like the the necessary parts of the Star Wars story that come along with it if that makes sense Um, like, like I can just kind of enjoy them on my own but if I have to rank them Man, um, I think Rogue One I probably put below those other two, and maybe I'm just penalizing them because they're uh, Rogue One is the least Star Warsy movie of them all. Um, but uh, man, 
Uh, man, I wish my takes were hotter about these three movies because uh, I'm trying to think through them. Um, I guess I probably like. I'd go. Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and then uh, Rogue One. Um, but I don't feel great about those. I haven't really thought about trying to rank those three in my head uh, before this. Um, but yeah, they're. I don't know. Like I, they, there's just so much, so much hatred towards them, and I guess it. I always feel like an outsider in these conversations because I'm not as passionate about Star Wars. Like that isn't something that uh, really. Uh, was a big part of like my childhood or something that I, I've really made sure to track down like my whole life. So um, I guess maybe I just need to to sit it out as a whole and not discuss it. But that that doesn't feel right either. So um, where would you rank them? How, how would you try to do it? I honestly don't know which one I'd, I'd like. I said I'd probably put Rogue One last. And to be honest. Like I, I just don't remember Rogue. I, I just don't feel like I really connected emotionally with with Rogue One as a film, um, in, in the way I did with the last two. Like the character, like the the characters that were introduced in Rogue One. I mean, I thought they were interesting, but it was like you know, and obviously the the fact that you know the the, the main characters that you're introduced to die at the end um, is is probably part of it. But but like I don't, I, I have no real. I don't know. Like I didn't. I don't. I don't really. Rem- I don't even like really remember things I loved about Rogue One, other than really, um, other than really the Vader scene at the end, which it was, was like just so freaking cool. I mean, if you want to tell me that that was the best single scene in any of the new Star Wars movies, um, I'm probably not going to fight you on that. I think probably the <laughs> the Kylo Kylo Ren. Um, racing like we were talking about in the throne room and they kill snoke yeah. uh when when kylo kills snoke could could be in that one but um but yeah the vader scene i mean that was just you know and and that that was terrific right and the way it kind of ties together through the end of that film into you know what we know in in the new hope in at the beginning of the new hope is um or a new hope is pretty damn cool so i i don't know it's kind of hard for me to say i will say this i rewatched um all the originals and force awakens over the christmas holiday Mm -hmm. so those are kind of fresh and it's kind of funny like when i look back on them (laughs) a new hope is like the production value i mean it kind of makes sense because it's the first one it's 1977 it's you know they had they had obviously limitations going for them they had limitations but i mean like especially like any of the any of the scenes involving firing uh lasers at one another was just i mean you know that the acting is just you know it's I, i'll say this Be the careful, dialogue Frank. isn't the dialogue isn't as bad as the dialogue definitely isn't as bad as um as the prequels for sure right you cuz you got swashbuckling yes. right you got han solo you got swashbuckling and carrie fisher has spunk so even though she's yeah. like you know a proper whatever she's got like fire and and spunk which you know Natalie portman had none of in any movie she was just like whatever like princess girl um <laughs> But like New Hope, like man, I had kind of forgotten a lot of the like first half hour, forty five minutes of that movie, and I mean it's all entertaining. I enjoy it still, but you know, I mean, it, I think we graded on a curve because of when it was made in the first one, and they didn't know what they were sort of how it all was going to tie together. But um, but yeah, I mean Empire, and I and I, and, and maybe because I was I saw Return of the Jedi when I was a kid when I was a kid, so 
Um, so I still probably enjoy it more because it is more of a kid's movie. But, I mean, those movies still I, I really enjoy a lot. I mean, again, you know, Stormtroopers not being able to shoot for shit. Um, Stormtroopers basically shot like the Bucks did tonight in Indiana. That's our one callback to, uh, to, to this basketball game we just saw. But, um, but Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and then the, you know, uh, Force Awakens. Um, they just do a great job. I mean, they're, they're obviously great entertaining films, but they really do build these characters into people you care about, you know? And I mean, that's, that's saying something, right? Cause it's, it's one thing to kind of just throw good action and cool lightsabers and all that stuff, but to actually make you care about characters and the dynamics between them. I mean, that's really what I think make movies kind of worth watching, or at least for me, yep. what, what differentiates, you know, stupid action from, from great movies that are really enjoyable. And um, I mean, I gotta say force awakens, like, I mean, when they're running, when Finn and Ray are running and, you know, they're like, oh, we got to get that, you know, that ship or whatever, mm-hmm. or not that one, that's a pile of junk. And then they run yep. to the other ship and then it gets blown up. And then, you know, it's revealed to be the Millennium Falcon. I mean, yeah, just like, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like people, I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know if you can, how you can like Star Wars and not like love that scene, right? Yeah, like it was awesome. that, that, cause you've got like new characters who, you know, it's exciting because you're seeing sort of this origin of these new characters, and it's got the swashbuckling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then you've also got this like awesome, and it, I mean, again, and it's not even like it's not even a character. It's a it's a freaking. It's kind spaceship. of a character. Yeah, well, the dro- first off, we need to give credit to Star Wars too. I mean, the way that they use like the droids, and I mean, a lot of people talk about the Porgs. I mean, the Porgs are great. I mean. My wife and I have pugs, so of course we're gonna like porgs. <laughs> um, but uh, but the way I mean I, I don't know if people talk about it that much, but the the way that like the droids are used to like inject humanity in a in a weird mm-hmm. way, like you know the the way that they interact with with the humans and how you know like you can tell Ray is a good person right away because she is nice to to BB-8, yeah. you know when she finds BB-8, right? Like the, it's sort of this interesting thing that even though these are machines, they're used as interesting proxies to to like signify like character, what people are like yeah, yeah exactly in the, the the humanity of characters um and and i think that was you know you know with r2d2 and and luke and all this other stuff i mean i i i i loved you know the the last you know scene with with luke before he goes out and he you know has this the 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 moment with leia and um and r2 and all and stuff i mean that, that those things i think were, were really nice callbacks and um again I, I don't know i mean i think a lot of the criticism i know was of luke even from mark hamill like i mentioned is this idea that like it, you know it wasn't true to 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 luke's character and i don't know how you feel about it because i know you're not as connected to to star wars but maybe we talk about a little bit about just the what what maybe you specifically didn't like we got into a little bit here but um but i'll, I'll defend sort of just the luke arc in this movie in general because First off, like this idea that Luke would oh like the, the Mark Hamill in one interview says like oh well Luke would never do that he would never give up. Okay, what what was Obi Wan Kenobi doing for twenty years <laughs> between Revenge of the Sith and uh, and A New Hope? Like pretty much just like chilling, laying low, not doing much, hiding out, not revealing his identity to Luke. Certainly not training Luke or doing anything like that, and then just sort of like. You know, basically, when Leia sends a distress signal, then he decides, like, "Oh, hey, uh, why don't you come with me and we'll leave this planet?" It's like, 
uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi isn't really doing that much for the cause at that until like basically it's like oh well geez might as well do something here yeah so okay first off Obi-Wan Kenobi nah, you know pretty much just chilled out for 20 years didn't really do anything kind of quit for 20 years Yoda also what was Yoda doing for the, those 20 years between you know when he was a badass in uh, in the end of the prequels and when we find him in the the original trilogy on Dagobah He's just hiding. He's just chilling, you know? He doesn't want to train Luke initially. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot more parallels between, like, Luke being, like, crusty and bitter and whatever in the new movie um, and some of the old guys that, you know, whatever people hold so dear. And and, and I don't know. So I, I know a lot of people just seem to be pissed off that, like, they didn't get to see, you know, Luke train Ray properly and then whatever. And then Ray just, like, automatically was, like, an amazing fighter. But it's like how much training does Luke really get also? Like when I was rewatching the original prequels, I was just like, okay, so he like chills out with Yoda for like a week and like kind of fails and doesn't really, like he doesn't really like master anything when he's hanging out in Dagobah originally. Mm-hmm. And he goes off and fights like Darth Vader and shit, you know, and granted he loses his hand, but you know, it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of, um, I don't want to say rose colored glasses, but I feel like a lot of the criticisms of the new movies is kind of like, well, I mean, that was a lot of the same bullshit in the old ones too. <laughs> and it's just sort of like how you, how you want to see it. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, what, what, I don't know. Did, like when you think about what you didn't like about these movies, I mean, was it any of that stuff or, or what was it for you that maybe was not, you know, perfect about this film? Cause certainly I wouldn't say it's a perfect film, right? I would never make that. Clear. Yeah. I mean, I just think when we, when we first talked about it, the night after I saw it, I just was asking you a little bit about the logic behind some of the things that were occurring. Like, have I ever seen anyone do what Luke did where he just like projected himself somewhere else yeah. and just kind of existed, but then also was fighting someone and able to like touch people. And I was like, I don't think I've ever seen that before. And you're like, no, that's that hasn't happened before. So, like, I was I was happy to have that confirmed. But like, as the movie was going on, I was like, "Huh, that's kind of strange." I don't think I've seen anything like that before. Has yeah. that happened before? Like, I'm gonna have to do some research and reading once I get done. So, just having that in the movie, like, just kind of threw me off um, as I was watching the movie end, um, which isn't a bad thing. Like, and if someone's gonna have a new power it should be the most badass dude, right? Like, if someone is going to be able to do something that I've never seen before, I'd certainly hope it's Luke Skywalker. Like, that that should be the guy. Um, so I thought that was interesting um, and kind of bothersome. I know there was some clues that showed it, like, he wasn't moving salt, like, when he was fighting. I, I know I was reading yeah. some of that. And, like, I didn't pick up on that as I was watching. Um, but now that I've seen it, like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. So um, there was some of that. And then just, like, uh, the the tracking through uh, light speed and just the... I don't know, like some, like the the enti- that entire part of it, like it, it was just like, okay, we're gonna send Finn off to do this thing, but ultimately, does he need to do it? And they're gonna figure it out anyways. And I don't know, like I, I was like, we don't have enough gas, but then we have enough gas to do this <laughs> badass thing, and like I don't know, like I, there's there's some logic there that. Uh, 
I probably had some questions about as I was watching the movie, and I think things like that can always just kind of not derail a film, but certainly I shouldn't be having... My goal in a movie is to suspend my disbelief for the whole thing. Like, I just want to be able to suspend my disbelief and everything be within the realm of that disbelief suspension. Like, it should be within that realm. And I thought there was a couple times in the movie where I was like, huh, I'm going to have to read about that a little bit more or figure out if that's something that I should have a problem with. Because in the moment, I kind of had a problem with it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, basically the way the way I viewed it was, you know, they sort of introduce the idea of, you know, sort of like projecting yourself mm-hmm. through the Kylo Ren and and um, yep. and Ray interactions. Right. And then sort of Luke goes and sits on the magic uh you know, recliner of teleportation or whatever there <laughs> on his island. And and then that obviously, like, is, you know, oh, well, then he was able to, you know, do this even more kind of extreme version of, of sort of what they were doing. But obviously he was able to be visible to everyone, right? Which, yeah, I, I know, and again, I'm not saying that this is like, oh, no, it's perfectly consistent, whatever. Because, yeah, I mean, that's that's a new thing, right? Yeah. Um, now, you know, and this is sort of the thing, right? Uh, and, and it was interesting kind of watching... Um, watching the old films because i i, I want to say you know the whole idea of like the force lightning stuff like i don't think that happens until return of the jedi when they just decide that like palpatine is just mm-hmm. going to be able to like shoot lightning from his hands <laughs> which is kind of like it's kind of those things that just like like i mean when it first happened like i don't know like it, i don't remember the way i viewed it but um it's kind of like a random like next level capability to just like give to to someone like it's one thing to say like you can kind of like levitate stuff or whatever but like shooting lightning from your hands is kind of like some some next level shit um but uh but yeah i I think that's valid i mean i think a lot of people have criticized well sort of like carrie fisher um you know pulling herself back into the the ship you know obviously and and i get that but part of me was kind of like i've always found it sort of disappointing that like they never let leia do any cool force stuff yeah you know like she's never gotten to do anything which i think especially like when you look back on it is like kind of lame because it's like oh she's a girl so she can't do force stuff like you know i mean and not that that's ever been said but that that's sort of been like kind of an unfortunate sort of perception like when you think about it it's like oh well she's the princess she's not gonna fight with a lightsaber right um even though Leia would mix it up, yeah. obviously. You know, she's not like a shrinking violet. But um, the fact that she never got to do anything, I, I don't know. Like, I thought there was something kind of cool about, like, actually seeing a manifestation of her abilities. I, I, but I also would say, yeah, it, what might it have been applied in a kind of a cooler way that, like, wouldn't have seemed so just impossible? Like, yeah, that, that might have been might have been a good thing, too. Um, yeah, and I agree. I mean, I think the Finn arc... And really, to a large extent, the Poe Dameron arc as well. Yeah. Um, Poe and Finn were were like a great storyline from from se- from the first from the first film, obviously of the new ones, Force Awakens. Um, like at the end of Force Awakens, where they see each other, and or, or maybe it's not the end, but you know when when Finn sees uh, Poe and they realize that he's not, you know, that they're not dead, mm-hmm. um, that the each each of them is alive. And they like run up to each other, and I mean, it's not like they had some like amazing, you know, emotional connection, but they went through this incredible escape together. And then by the time they see each other, like it feels like this genuine emotion of excitement to see one another, and this this like 
great moment in this movie again like moments being being important yep. to me and and I bought into that and so it was kind of unfortunate this time because it you know the whole Finn and 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 Poe sort of arcs are kind of like red herrings yeah and it kind of sucks because like the the you know Kanto bite red herring and trying to get the the you know uh, Benicio del Toro's character and look I'll never argue with Benicio del Toro being in anything because I love him and I want him in all movies and like I enjoyed him in this you know his his little role um but also it was I don't know it just felt like there wasn't really I don't know it just felt like you sort of sacrificed two characters that were supposed to matter and, and characters that we really liked in the first film um and it just felt like they were kind of like sacrificial lambs from sort of a narrative perspective in here. And it didn't necessarily further them as like characters either. Like, I, I don't know. And I don't know that it furthered like the story at all either. Like they were just, yeah, you yeah. were just kind of writing them in because they were in the last movie. Right. And there wasn't like some, like maybe, I don't know, like the Snoke thing, like again, cause I didn't really, I, I didn't love Snoke as like the, the ultimate baddie anyway. So I, I, I thought I was surprised when he was killed, but the payoff of seeing him killed in a lot of ways, like kind of validated just him existing in the, in the two movies in the first place, if that made sense. Yeah. Um, so if he was a red herring, it was fine. Cause I didn't care about him that much anyway. And then, you know, he's killed in this sort of cool, <laughs> cool way um, in, in setting up this, this really great scene and the dynamic between the characters that I do care about. So, so yeah, I mean, I thought that was, you know, again, maybe maybe not great. Um, I think some of the, I mentioned the jokes. Um, I mean, I I think it's really important that these Star Wars films have reintroduced the sense of humor and and Finn and to a lesser extent Poe were critical. You know, as I mentioned, and bringing some of that swashbuckling back to to the first the, the Force Awakens and, and bringing back a lot of fun that the prequels were just. I mean, literally, like I can't think of a joke like a a joke that landed from the prequels. Like maybe there was, but. Like, mm. Anakin Skywalker have a punchline? I don't think did, so. Did Padme have a punchline? Come in, on, in did Padme have a punchline? No. No. Um, they just, like, had horrible, you know, romance dialogue that, you know, you didn't care about. So, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was great that they brought that back to, to these films. That said, like, the whole initial scene where Poe is, you know, patched through to General Hux and is, like, you know, basically punking Hux yeah. um, and jerky boysing him uh, in the start of a Star Wars movie. Uh, that didn't really necessarily land for me. Okay. Like, I, you know, it was just kind of like strange. Like, there are jokes that make sense in Star Wars, and then there's sort of like types of jokes that don't make sense in Star even, Wars. Even if it would have uh-huh. just been once, like if you went to it once, yeah. like if like the yeah. first time he did it and was just like, Oh, what was that? Like, couldn't hear whatever whatever the line was. Like that first time, that hit for me. I laughed. I thought it was funny, and yeah. then it went on like thirty seconds too long. Like, it, like yeah. the rest of it was unnecessary. Like, I think it would have reflected like kind of who Poe is that he would kind of be messing around in that situation. Like he, he kind of telling a joke and like it hit for me the first time. Like I laughed the first time and then it just went on too long. And I think maybe with some of the comedy, I think all of that would be true. Like just pushing it a little bit too far. Like there, I thought there was punchlines throughout that like hit for me, but then like 
it lingered for a little bit too long. Like it tried to get a second punchline out of stuff. And it was like, no, you got one. You had enough. Like that's good. And, and like, just, just one is good for me. Like, you're asking too much. Like it's the old Costanza rule. Like go out on top. Like you hit it, get out. Like that's fine. Uh, so, so I, I agree. I, I enjoy the comedy and I think it needs to be a part of it. Um, and I think when you think of some of the, the fun stuff with Harrison Ford in the past, like it was, funny stuff right like that was kind of what made him in like made han interesting in his character like that that was him kind of messing around and just being just being himself and that was that was fun um so i would agree that it was needed and i would also agree that it probably went just a little bit too far in some places yeah and again comedy in star wars i would say is a plus yes like, totally necessary you no know, it, it like just being overly serious I, I i mean i think the formula we've seen it time and again like you know the movies that didn't have that weren't fun and and these are these movies should be fun right so um so i agree with that so anything i'm trying to think if there's anything else um that I think we hit most maybe, of the the big debates and in yeah. problems oh one 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 thing i just generally find amusing in these movies i mean hux at the end um Fall, is, is sort of the last guy to fall victim to this but it seems like throughout the Star Wars um, throughout all the Star Wars films there are inevitably like imperial admirals or generals or whatever who like talk shit to Darth Vader or Kylo Ren or like basically like you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. I, I noticed it more rewatching the the original films, but it's like, so if you're in like the Imperial, you know, fleet or whatever, um, I mean, like telling Darth Vader that like you know he shouldn't rely on that you know his stupid old religion or whatever. Like, d- don't these people know what this guy can do? Like, <laughs> like he literally can choke you over a video monitor, right? I mean. I don't know, like that, like of all the dudes to pick fights with, not at the top of my list. Yeah, you can be a tough um, guy without without showing up that guy, right? Like, yeah, like pick pick your battles, yeah. man. Like you didn't. Is that how you became like an imperial fleet commander by you know f- picking fights with like the literally the like most evil badass dude <laughs> in the galaxy? Like I, I don't know. Like I would just say like Vader, like keep that dude on your side. But uh, I, let's just say there's a you know, string of bodies that have been choked out of guys who <laughs> didn't kind of have that. And then there's, of course, there's also like the meek guys who can't pull their end of the bargain, who are like the, you know, slightly lower on the totem pole who also get choked, <laughs> choked yes. out and killed. So, I mean, granted, like, you know, whatever. If you, you're probably if you getting choked live, one way or another. Like, you pro- yeah, you're probably getting I mean, choked. The buck, tonight's Bucks were getting choked out by Darth Vader. Yeah. You know, um, Jason Kidd would have been choked out by Darth Vader a long time ago. Um, <laughs> so it, it, that's just, that's just the way. I mean, it's, it's, Let's just say this, like, you know, the uh, work environment uh, in uh, in the in the Empire, not great. Not a great work environment. Um, have you ever to... seen the undercover boss SNL skit with I, Kyle I have. I have. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. So that, good. Was, that was so good. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, Are we good? We good with, with our Star Wars talk here? We're good with Star Wars. Do you have any other media 
like recent favorites in in movies, TVs. I don't listen to music. I'm, I'm not going to be able to have like any any real. Well, I don't want to talk about music, but um, but m- movies, TV, anything else. No, that's gonna we're, g- we're going to do music thing. because you suggested oh. something to me, and I listened to it, and it's wonderful. Uh, Broken oh, well, Social Scene. Uh, their last album was fantastic. Uh, so I, I would suggest that to anyone just looking for good music. I don't I don't even know if you need a type of music because my my varieties of music that I enjoy is kind of all over the board. Um, Hip hop, is some punk, and just some alternative stuff. So I'm all I'm I'm kind of all over the place. And I thought it was really good. And you suggested it to me, as did a couple of our other friends on Twitter. So that's good music. Um, if you want other music suggestions, uh... by the by the way, if, if anybody wants like a, my favorite song on that album is "Stay Happy." Ooh, so if I'm anybody is, you're halfway home. Okay, yeah, and and basically for people who don't know what Broken Social Scene is, Canadian supergroup. Although uh, supergroup is maybe a bit charitable because let's be honest, like most of the people in it haven't been that super yeah, outside yeah. of Broken Social Scene. Like Feist is probably the the most famous yeah. one, and. Um, Emily Haynes, who some people who are really into indie rock may know, she's she's been in Metric and other bands. Um, but but yeah, it, their first album, actually not their first, their second album, um, you forgot it. And people like, oh man, it's not like thirteen years old or something like that. But that's a great book, or it's a great book, great great album. And then the one that came after it was good too. Um, last couple not as interesting, but basically like alternative rock with I don't know lots of layers and kind of interesting stuff. So if you're into anything like that. Um, check out halfway home and stay happy and if you like that maybe you like it. yeah i think i think it's very good um so check that out movies i'm really upset with myself um i missed ladybird in theaters um as did i as did i so i'm kind of pissed off about that because i'm a greta gerwig fan and that was that was her directorial debut um and I really like her in a lot of stuff, and, and I've heard very... What, what else has she been I, I assume I've seen her in stuff. I know her name. Oh, What else God. has she been in? I'm bad with names. Um, oh, Mistress America. She was very good in Mistress America. Uh, and then uh, Frances Ha is also another one that she's very good in. I've, like I said, I'm bad with names. Um, but she's good in both of those. And this was her directorial debut. It's supposed to be very good. I didn't get to see it, so I'm kind of upset about that. Um, I did get to see Three Billboards, um, which I don't. Did you Did you see it, Frank? No, I mean I I was I was in, now I'm interested in seeing it. I like Sam Rockwell a lot. Um, I like Frances McDormand. I don't love Frances McDormand, but um, I enjoy her. So if and... you like Frances McDormand or you like Sam Rockwell, I think you'll enjoy the movie. Uh, because both of them are really fun in the movie. Um, the movie is not maybe super fun. The I was gonna say the movie topic, like it's about Friends of McDormand's like daughter is like murdered, and Correct. then it, does, it isn't solved, right? Correct. So she then takes up these billboards complaining about it. Um, yeah, doesn't sound like a laugh riot. No, but, it's not. Uh, it is not a laugh, a laugh riot. Excuse me, um, but it's it's her character is very fun um and sam rockwell is just sam rockwell so uh you should go out and check that out um and it was uh i believe i'm trying to think if it was written or directed so he was the writer and director of in bruges which a lot of people really like uh seven psychopaths as well uh that was the uh, martin mcdonough 
is the director of that, and I probably got that wrong, but that's okay because JJ uh, Birch will listen to all of this and correct me on everything, um, so he can he can do some of that. So that movie, good. You should watch it. It's winning a bunch of awards. Um, do you have any TV thoughts, Frank? I was just thinking of movies. There's a bunch of movies that I want to see, but I've been bad at going out to see them right now, so I'm kind of a little yeah, bit embarrassed. Um, Thor, I mean, if people haven't seen Thor Ooh, Ragnarok, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. Um, director Taika Waititi um, injects like some great humor and just some great energy into that one. Um, he Taika Waititi's been he he was n- he was not in Flight of the Concords, but he's associated with Jemaine Clement and uh, and that Kurt. Why do I why, why, and Brett? Yeah, Jemaine and Brett. Um, and he was in um, oh what what's the vampire movie with Jemaine Clement the the comedy? Oh, he, he's in that movie. Yeah. Um, so he, he, I don't know. I was excited because I like him. I haven't really seen, uh, I don't know if I've actually seen his other movies that he's directed. He's directed some, um, more kind of indie, um, movies from New Zealand. Um, but he's, you know, well-regarded. And so it's really cool to see him get a like blockbuster, you know, Marvel movie that he then did some really interesting things with. And he was the voice of the, uh, of one of the characters. Um, I, I mean, he's the voice of the like rock guy um blue rock guy so if people have seen it they'll know what i'm talking about which who, who injects some good humor into it um but yeah anyway so that was that was enjoyable um and then i, I would say i, I don't know I, I feel like movies i feel like i've just been watching like big blockbuster movies like i feel like my um my game watching you know more indie whatever movies is, is really slipping but um i did see get out finally on Ooh, hbo recently, nice. and um, if people haven't seen it, I, I tweeted about it the other day and like tons of people faved my comment. So apparently and it was a very positive <laughs> one. So a lot of people have apparently also liked this movie who followed me on Twitter. Um, but I just thought it was, I'm not a horror, like suspense type thriller person. Yeah. Like that's not really my wheelhouse. Like I, I don't watch horror movies at all. I don't like being scared, creature, Same. feature, whatever type of, and this movie is like, kind of different I, I, don't, I don't know i struggle to call it like a horror movie outright but it has certainly elements of that yes. and um I, I thought it was just i will say this if you have not seen it don't read more about it just watch it it's on hbo right now on demand um it, it's just a really kind of well done suspenseful thriller movie that kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat and um, it's not scary per se, like a horror movie would be, but it's just, you know, creepy and, and interesting and, and very, very different. Right. It's and, and super I think interesting. It, it's just really interesting and really well done. And Jordan Peele directed it. And, um, I'm, you know, like many people, big Key and Peele fan. So I was excited to see him direct something that was not, you know, it was, it was sort of controversially put into the, uh, comedy category at the golden globes and didn't, didn't win, um, but, uh, but I was, I was rooting for it. I only saw it a couple of days ago and I was just like last night rooting for it on the golden globes, um, to win. So, um, so there's that, I think, um, Ooh, I got a, for t- I got a TV, uh, okay. the good place. You should, I just started watching it. Ooh, you'll enjoy just it. Started it's fun. Enjoying it. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Um, created by Michael Sher, I- who's done a, a million things that you already love. Um, I'm, Parks and Rec, Parks and Rec yeah. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, I'm a big Brooklyn Nine Nine fan. Yes, uh, so there's there's plenty that you would like. So if you if you like Brooklyn Nine Nine, uh, Parks and Rec, The Office, there's 
there's plenty to like on the good place and uh Ted Danson is Ted Danson. Del- Ted Danson, yeah. It's just fantastic, and Kristen Bell's a delight. So uh, go check out The Good Place. That would be my one TV recommendation. I I am a um, I am someone that does not like uh, does not really like animated shows. Okay. Like I haven't watched animated shows since basically cartoons as a kid, basically. Um, but that said. The two of us share an enjoyment of Kroll Show, mm-hmm. uh, Nick Kroll's old sketch show on Comedy Central. Shockingly, a number of great characters that Nick Kroll came up with, which I think it's funny. If people know him from the league, you probably wouldn't like look at his character and be like, oh, that guy is going to come up with tons of great characters on a sketch comedy show. But he did. <laughs> and Kroll Show was so good. Um, and he has a new show, new-ish show, um, which is animated, called Big Mouth. And it's basically... Um, he wrote it with his like childhood best friend, and it's basically um, the idea is that it's uh, essentially about these, I guess, seventh graders um, who uh, who are like going through puberty, and it's got tons of like famous like people, kind of from the Kroll universe, um, who do voices for it, uh, including um, Maya Rudolph and Jason Manzukis, who. Um, some people may know better as uh, Rafi from the league, yep. who was like one of my favorite people ever. Um, he's in it, and just just lots of really funny people. Jordan Peele is one of the people as well. Um, it, so just like a really, and it's and it's very, um, it's very dirty. Uh, it's, it's it's dealing with kids going through puberty, and it's very graphic. Uh, and uh, well, not graphic, but it, it's very raunchy. And so, yeah, if you're faint of heart, you may not enjoy it, but. It basically has like all the characters I loved from uh, Kroll Show, uh, but in animated form, essentially. So okay. it, it was like a total winner. Ten episodes on Netflix. Um, I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, and I'm trying to think if there was anything uh, anything else. Oh, one other show that uh, I enjoyed. The second season just came out on, uh, on Netflix. A show that nobody really talks about. It's not has not gotten a ton of buzz but if you like kind of sci-fi time travelish crap like that uh travelers it, it stars eric mccormack the guy from will and grace okay. uh will from will and grace uh and i believe he's one of like the executive producers it's like a show that was actually created it's like canadian some canadian production company made it and the idea behind the show is that people from the future like there's like you know whatever bad things are happening like in the distant future and they've figured out how to send people back and basically um take over people's bodies in the current day basically to try to then avert events that cause problems in the future Hmm. so it's kind of a i mean again like every time travel plot has been done at this point but it's a little bit different and it novel and i enjoyed it i like the characters um it was pretty fun the first season uh is, is both two seasons are out on netflix the second season just came out um so i, I enjoyed that and um and uh, the other show i feel like and, and i don't know i don't know if we've talked about it i don't know if you watched it um but one of my favorite shows the last few years um i thought the second season was really enjoyable maybe not quite as good as the first season but stranger things i'm a big fan of i don't know are you a stranger i'm not i'm bad at streaming shows i'm bad at it you're just bad at it um anyway i'm not telling anybody anything new 
about Stranger Things probably, but I'll just say for the record, I enjoyed it. And I love the music, the soundtrack. I'm a big 80s like synth uh, throwback-ish uh, type guy. So um, that that was a major bonus in Stranger Things, just having that uh, added piece, uh, piece of it. And um, again, uh, the kind of throwback... Uh, Type types up there. There, I mean, I guess I said I wasn't a horror person. There are some like '80s sort of horror sort of aspects to Stranger Things, I guess, as well. But um, anyway, anything else you can think of? I'm probably forgetting a bunch of TV shows, but whatever. We've droned on long. Enough. I think we did pretty well for. I think we've required. We've fulfilled our pop culture quota for the next couple months. And let's just say this, like. We warned you that we were going to talk about this. This is not our wheelhouse. Yeah, if you if you really listen to and us through this whole thing, good on you. Please, and you know, to uh, to uh, our friend Elijah Price. Hopefully, he's already given us a five star review before he <laughs> hears us talk about Star Wars because I know he didn't like it. So hopefully, he doesn't go off and and hate on us uh, on iTunes for having Star Wars takes he he disagrees with. But I, I am curious to know kind of what people think. So yeah, tweet at us like if you if you agree disagree. <laughs> Hated it, loved it. Um, again, I, I'm I'm probably not ready to relitigate uh, Star Wars and whether it was good or bad, but I'm always curious to see what kind of people think because we know that I know that the numbers, right? Like the the, the review, the the you know, it has the weird thing where the Rotten Tomato score was really high, so the critics liked it, um, but the audience score has been shockingly low, like 50%, um, which is very strange for yeah. a movie like this to be critically well received, but then um, not popular. Uh, with fans who, you know, obviously you think of these movies being generally popular and fun and things like that. Okay, we did it. Uh, the Bucks, did the it. Bucks lost badly tonight, so oh, it was a buck we oh, didn't it was even a buck talk about it. Um, I shouldn't say we didn't talk about. It. We broke it down. By the way, wouldn't it, am I? Wrong? I was thinking about whenever um, is Thon Maker the most one of the most like Star Wars ish names in the NBA? Ooh. Couldn't you see like Thon Maker being like a random yes. character? Um, like Rogue One or something Ooh, like really that. That's really good. I need to think about that more. But Don Maker would definitely be on the list. I think. I think in the when they did Star Wars, and I think he was Obi Thon Kenobi. Um, Not bad. But I think you could have just said like Thon Maker. Yes, and it would have been a real character. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, that was pop culture with Eric and Frank. Uh, we'll be back with Lockdown Bucks tomorrow. Thanks for coming through it with us. And if you didn't, that's fine too. Um, We will talk to you tomorrow. That was Frank. I'm Eric. We'll see you later.